How are we doing, folks? And welcome to Washington Football Crunch. It is Wednesday, July 24th. And this this is the part where Micah would usually say, I am Micah Chen, and alongside me, as always, is Luke Munger of Dogman.com and Jackson Gardner of KookFan.com. But today is not, quote, as always. Today, we are changing it up. And I get to say, I am Jackson Gardner, and alongside me is Luke Monger of DogMan.com and Ch- or Micah Chen of CascadiaPreps.com. Yeah, I, can now, feel, I feel like I can finally let my guard down a little bit. How is that? <laughs> yeah, all right? Always yeah. been uh, so uptight, organized, you know, uh, introducing yeah. everybody, but not, now I can be the zippity doodah guy. Like, uh, Unleashing Micah's <laughs> energy, which has been <laughs> yeah. so tamed by his role as the host. It was, I, I was thrown off. Right? Yeah. Listen, I think listen, everyone, listen. We, we are leading the league in curveballs thrown to both Luke and our listeners right now. We, we really crazy. went to the bullpen today and brought out this lengthy lefty to, to yeah. throw a few more breaking <laughs> balls. But okay, all, all jokes aside, I am, I'm pretty excited about this episode because we could be talking about Pac-12 Media Day, but we would have to wait a full another day to release this episode in order to do that. And we can't even wait. We are no. too excited. We are about to embark on a journey unlike any other. Well, I'm just curious. Who's going to Pactual Media Day from your guys' schools? Well, from... Uh, okay, so it is Liam Ryan and um, oh, Jihad you. Woods. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Gosh, I how am I blinking? That and it is... No, I know this. Bryant and Trey? Nick Harris. Nick Harris. Nick Harris. Yeah, that, that <laughs> yeah, which was a surprising choice, I thought. Over Trey Adams? Well, yeah. people are going to talk to him about his dance move in the. That's true. Yeah, that's a good. You really so, want. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, and, I love and that video. <laughs> Liam Ryan has his fantastic mullet. Um, so you know, a very Hollywood. It makes sense. But no, we're taking a leap into the unknown that no one in sports talk podcasting is doing right now. We are about to enter the gauntlet. Ooh. Yes, it if me of I had, Madden. yes, yes, this is exactly like Madden Ultimate Team Gauntlet. If we had a soundboard right now, I would play the sound of people gasping or a, <laughs> a, a bone chilling scream. But we we don't have that. So how the gauntlet works is myself, Luca, Luke, excuse me, I, Luca, I, <laughs> Luca, Luca Doncic, yeah, European Micah and Luke. Luke and Micah will go through the schedules of our respective beats, and we're going to make some foolhardy predictions for wins, losses, and even, even the scores of those games. And we should keep in mind that, yes, it is July. Yes, we are predicting the outcomes of games that will occur in the fall. Yes, fall camp is still about a week away for colleges and even longer for the high schools. And yes, a whole lot could happen from now until then. But we're going to do it anyways. It's madness. Yes. It's, it's chaotic. It makes no sense. It is the gauntlet. And these games are the most important. Like You want to know who UW is going to play and if they're going to win. WSU, the same thing. And in the top high school football games, I'm going to give you guys some uh, predictions on that. And I fully expect to take a lot of shit on social media because I didn't pick your team. Absolutely. But uh, this is I'm hold, I'm going to hold myself I truly think for this. I truly think above all else what this will be fantastic <laughs> for is in December when we grab these sound bites and play them back and I mean maybe we're right. I think that's probably highly unlikely, but yeah, so again, as Michael was saying, um, he is going to take in, in, in the spirit of the prep coverage that he is doing with Cascadia Preps and all the, the work that they're doing right now, he is taking kind of this mosh-posh schedule 
of all the biggest prep matchups in the state for this upcoming weekend. It's by week. So mm-hmm. the biggest matchup for week one, week two, and of the eight-week high school season, we are, or Micah is going to give his predictions now before camp has even started. Luke, you're going to take UW. I will take WSU. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go week by week through the grueling gauntlet. And, and we're just going to see what happens. I don't even know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the beauty of the gauntlet. I have my shocker in there, which I'm excited about. I That's what my... So my my most or what my anticipation for Luke at least is where the the loss or two I think it's going to be I think I think Luke has one loss in in the in the schedule for yeah, UW you're, right you're correct about that just it's where where I think you're where the loss is I think I have a surprising one and I think you know exactly where it is <laughs> I think I, I think I do too um but you know we're gonna have to wait until until we get there now the question is who, who starts here I want to hear Luke's take on Eastern Washington I think that's a good word to start because oh, and to keep it to keep in mind for the high school the prep games. This is Washington on Washington action only. I know there are some big games that are happening. Yeah, Woodinville's out of San state. <laughs> They're out in San Francisco. Idaho always plays somebody from here. Like they always. I think like, like Eastside Catholics like, like first three games yeah. are yeah, they, out of I think the they state. Play like uh, Oak, the Thousand yeah. Oaks place. Like, that's where, that's uh, garbage. UW, we don't. We, this is the, none of that. <laughs> none of that. This is Washington on Washington. High schools going at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think Luke, we're gonna start off with you. So for week one, you gotta make you gotta call your shot. Eastern Washington. Yeah. Going on going to the greatest setting in college football. Yes. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I think obviously I'm not gonna surprise anyone and say that I this is a husky win. Um I think there are a couple interesting things to note here. Um, first, it, Eric Berrier, it, it, like Gage Grubred, obviously, or Gage yeah. Grubrud, obviously gone from Eastern Washington. That's not as big of a concern as it would have felt like this time last year, as Eric Berrier uh, kind of asserted himself as a pretty solid playmaker at the quarterback position as well. Um, Sam McPherson, that's a big loss for Eastern Washington. But believe me, or correct me if I'm wrong, but Antoine Custer Jr. will still be. Uh, an eagle next year. Yeah, when he's fully healthy, he's just as good as Sam McPherson. Exactly. So they will still have a potent offense. I don't doubt that for a second. Uh, Obviously, they lose Simba, right? Their big big play receiver there. But uh, you never doubt. Like, I don't know. It's just tough to doubt an an offense coming from Cheney, Washington. (laughs) Uh, Right. So here's there are two stories here. Pac-12 killers. If you're going to just, if we're in the predictions game here, this is Jacob Eason's chance to prove himself as Washington's starting quarterback, his first chance, right? And this is also nine new starters on the defense, their first opportunity uh, to prove themselves. And I, I think they'll play, like, they'll bring some passion, they'll bring some energy, but I think there will be moments where they are burned by a couple of playmakers. Like, obviously, the best for the most part, the best 11 athletes on the field will tend to be wearing purple. Uh, that said, I think that between Antoine Custer um, with Eric Berrier slinging the ball around and then whichever receiver kind of emerges from Eastern Washington, there'll be enough to make the Huskies pay for mistakes. Um, I think that Jacob Eason will have his ups and downs in his first game as a Husky. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Huskies win this one I'm going back and forth between 45-24 and 45-17. 
uh, I think I'll go 45-24. 45-20, okay. Uh, it's you know, it's an, an underwhelming, easy win for the dogs. I think that's that's probably that's probably right where you'd want it, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to think that Eason, uh, you know, again, assuming he is the quarterback. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, uh-huh. That, in the prediction game right now. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, a lot can happen. Um, mm-hmm. But he's going to have, just on, on, like you said, talent alone, they'll have enough to put up 45 against an Eastern team. Yeah. I, you know, I, I also feel like WCU's win against them last season kind of made people a little less scared of Eastern Washington as the Pac-12 killers. Like that, that, that could have definitely took, made a serious turn in Eastern Washington's narrative had they won that game as serious Pac-12 killers, but now they're kind of more at yes. bay. And, and uh, you know, like you've just predicted, most likely lose to, to yeah. UW. A vivid memory in my in my Husky fandom memory is uh, Desmond Trufant's interception in the end zone. Oh yes, and um, without big big play, VA was still was quarterbacking yeah. that team. And for whatever reason, it felt like such an enormous play to just dodge the bullet from Eastern Washington. Right? Yeah, I was. Which, I mean, that, obviously, I, I mean, they were Pac-12 killers at that point yeah. in time. That, that uh, still, I mean, were. you would love to have that not be as big of a deal as it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think we're gonna we're moving to Micah now. Micah's week one. Right, okay. The, the two best games on week one is gonna be Mount Sight traveling to Wenatchee and Chihuahua versus Richland, you know, Tri City's uh, rivalry game. And, and Micah, for the sake of the flow, you only get to do one. You only get to do one? Well well you one at a time. Because we one you got time, you, there's man. twelve games. There's yeah. twelve games and, and we're gonna, you know. Do one, there's, only do one. Eight, there's only eight weeks in the high school football right, season, right. so I need 12 high school games. But there, gotcha. so there's two gotcha. week okay. ones. Well, yeah, no, we'll start with Matt. We'll start with uh, Mount Side visiting Wenatchee. So there are two superstar quarterbacks in this matchup. Uh, one of them that Utah fans will likely be familiar with, along with maybe WSU fans, Clay Millen. Uh, the younger brother of uh, Kale Millen. He's not a starting quarterback, and he'll be making his debut as a junior, and he'll be going up against Jacob Sermon's cousin, Camden Sermon, who is like five foot eleven, so he doesn't have that same body type as Jacob Sermon. But boy, does he know how to sling it around. He's got that Baker Mayfield <laughs> thing going on. The thing is, Wenatchee visited Mount Sai last year and got smoked 52 nothing. all right? But they returned 20 starters from that team, and Sermon has improved tremendously this offseason. This might be my east side bias kicking in, but this game is going to be in Wenatchee. It's going to be in the Apple Bowl. Um, Mount side, they're breaking in a new quarterback, and I think Wenatchee wins, and they'll be uh, their touchdown leader will be their Harvard commit tight end, Riley Coons. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. Wenatchee with the upset over Mount Sai. Okay, but now here the question is, what's the score of this game? Oh, I need to give scores as well, Oh, man. you need to give scores. Holy crap. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, and uh, I will take uh, Wenatchee uh, 35 to 28. 35 I think, I think they're going to pull, pull it out the end. Yeah. What I love about this matchup is you have Wenatchee, that is legitimate blue-collar mentality, yeah. Against nice, Mount Sai, yeah, nice who's also who blue is collar, yeah. totally wannabe, totally yeah. wannabe <laughs> yeah, blue collar. They, they, they are, you know, what, 45 minutes to an hour outside of Seattle, and, and they all of a sudden yeah, think. He, maybe even more importantly, they're like 20 minutes from Bellevue or Redmond, which are like exactly. their own cities in yeah. their own right. Exactly. So I'm kind of happy that you chose Wenatchee to take this win. That is, um, a, trust me, that's an upset pick right there, because the consensus is that Mount Sai is just the overall more powerful program. But I, I like, I've seen Wenatchee in person. I like them a lot right now. My father's hometown, Wenatchee. However, <laughs> he 
grew up in East Wenatchee and went to Eastmont. So that is where my loyalty resides over on Eastmont. Um, go Wildcats. Uh, okay. Now we move on to my week one, which is, it kind of, I'll be honest, probably the weakest week one matchup of the gauntlet. Whoa. And that is WSU uh, or New Mexico State at WSU. I think this is going to be a, a pretty easy one. Uh, I, you know, obviously I have WSU winning here. I have the score at 38 to 10. New Mexico State, kind of that. Um, I, I, and I watched them play last year. They're kind of in, in a, like a wannabe Chip Kelly spread offense mm-hmm. is kind of, and, and you know, I, three and nine last year. I, I, there's going to be some offensive, there's going to be some offense there, which is why I have them in for 10 points. But, uh, I got I got WSU at thirty eight to ten. I would have I would have gone a little higher to be honest, <laughs> but I, I just for some reason week ones I know that that Mike Leach has kind of controlled his uh, week one the week one anxieties the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I'm still just not exactly sure that we've or WSU as a program has entirely gotten over that. So I'm you know no fifty That's points true. week one. I got I got thirty eight ten. Respectable, respectable. Okay, Luke. Now we are at week two. Yeah, an early Pac twelve conference. Yeah, matchup. I'd like to apologize in advance for this pick <laughs> <laughs> because here it comes. <laughs> so and I may be just mind poisoned from when I went down to the Bay Area uh, last fall mm-hmm. and saw the Huskies lose in front of. About three thousand fans yeah, in Cal <laughs> Memorial. Just a just a horrible atmosphere. <laughs> this game is weird. This game is really weird. First of all, Cal has a defense returning. You yes. know what I mean? Like they have Very a phenomenal D, defense yes. returning. Headlined by Evan Weaver, the guy who made the play that essentially won that game against UW last year. They have Cameron Bynum, Jalen Hawkins. Uh, they have two starting uh, seniors on the defensive line. They run a three four, so they've got some experience up front. Uh, so that scares me. One of the, I mean, just kind of using some Phil Steele insight here. <laughs> one of the biggest predictors of success in a season going forward is not only returning um, players, but returning quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. And Chase Garbers. I'm a bigger Chase Garbers fan than the average bear, I'd say. You know what I mean? I think okay. whenever Cal went wrong, in my opinion, was when Devin Modster was playing instead of Chase Garbers because that, everybody that, yeah. in the stadium knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, nevertheless... I would say people, people would agree with you on that, that yes, opinion. Yes, and I don't think that's... But then, like, who's he going to give the ball to? You know what I mean? They don't have Patrick Laird anymore. Uh, they lost a couple of receivers last year. Something his last name was Noah, and then there was another guy uh, who I'm blanking on. N- nevertheless, uh, it, like I potential for Baldwin, absolutely though. anemic offense. What was that? Yeah, I believe I believe in Bo Baldwin. Yeah. and whatever he has, and I believe in Chase Garbers. I yeah, I think that, yeah. that like Cal is getting so overlooked by everybody right now, and I'm not saying that the Huskies are going to overlook them. But I think you have a new quarterback, nine new starters on defense going against a quarterback who's going into his second year looking to kind of improve. Like, I mean, look at the the jump that the Huskies saw with Jake Browning in between his freshman and sophomore Mm -hmm. years. And and given he had John Ross and Dante Pettis. But 
Uh, like I think that this is a tough situation for the Huskies to be in. It is at home. The Huskies haven't lost in uh, lost at home since uh, losing to USC on College Game Day in 2016. Um, but this game just felt weird to me since it came <laughs> out on the schedule, and I have the Huskies losing this one 24-20. Oof, 24-20. So you got at home. So two Cal. Cal's Cal's putting up 24 points. Yes. Okay. I don't know how. Be my bomb shoulder for this game. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I mean, man, that's week week two. I understand it because like that's the thing with, and a lot of people kind of undervalue the 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 fact that there's no preseason in college football, so things like that happen. But for me, Cal scoring twenty four points against UW. Yeah. No, I mean it it is far fetched, but like at the same time, like if we look at the Husky defense right now, we're base like we're relying on like essentially like I don't know the Huskies have played great defense because they limit big plays for the most part mm-hmm. and if you want to really oversimplify things like you kind of look at the middle of their defense right yeah well in that's terms of limiting that's big kind plays. of the question and then yeah. it's like okay so like you're counting on Levi and Zarike, who's obviously a super talented player Brandon Wellington Kyler Manu uh Brandon McKinney and then the another safety yeah but who between those five players have a combined like seven starts yeah you know what i mean like yeah. you're you're a big play away from a touchdown you're uh like a bad offensive play away from giving up great field position against one of the best defenses in the pac-12 yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think th- there could be just kind of a perfect storm of inexperience on defense inexperience at quarterback for washington um and playing a really good defense in week two after playing an fcs team well, you were right. That's I did. I did predict that, or that I did suspect that Cal would be would be the loss, and and we'll have more to talk about Cal later Uh-oh. with with my prediction with WSU. And I think that will that will fuel the fire. But let's let's move to the second week one matchup for our big prep matchups, and that is the Tri City matchup. With a Chihuahua, Tri City, Chihuahua, yeah, yeah, Chihuahua, exactly. Okay, yeah, okay, uh, that was. So I, I thought, yeah, Chihuahua, Richland, which is like this is probably gonna be one of, if not the biggest Tri City matchups, and it's Week One. Well, on paper, I mean, the name value, you know, the the both yeah. of these teams have been state contenders in the past, but uh, it's not it's not gonna be as close as people think. You know, Richland's time as like a top one hundred team in the country, literally. Those days are pretty much over. You know, winning state championships, making deep playoff runs year after year. Um, Tijuana, though, on the other hand, is they're going to be one of my final four teams this year. You know, you talk about making it to the semifinals. Um, you know, guys like uh, Camus, Camus, um, Woodenville, mm-hmm. like teams like that. Tijuana is going to be in that final four. And they're led by a sophomore quarterback named JP Zamora, who I believe has a D1 future. He's 6'4, 190, dual threat. Um, he's the best quarterback in the Tri Cities. And this is going to be one of the best atmospheres. You know, you talk about uh, just a week one matchup. A lot of people hate it because they would rather have this towards the end of the season yeah. when, you know, potentially an a MCC championship is on the line. But I personally see Chihuahua running away this year with the MCC cha- at the MCC championship. Uh, this will be a 42 14 uh, win for Chihuahua over Richard. 42 14? Yeah, it's going to be a uh, defining game, you know, the, the passing of the torch. Because Richland, they they've been good, uh, but not again. But like I said, not great like they've been. You know, 2017, 2016, when they were like I said, top 100 in the country. Uh, those days are over right now. So Chihuahua is definitely going to be the team uh, representing the Tri Cities this year. 
Now, my question, is this known that Richland's time is up? Like, is this is this the, the chatter in, in the high school prep circles? The or chatter is, is we don't this... know what Richland is. We don't know. It, it, like, cause like I said, they, I mean, they, they have one returning O-League player. Um, they are very much a depth team. Like, they usually run three or four running backs, which in the past has been phenomenal because they keep guys fresh. But uh, Chihuahua, I mean, they're going to be an air raid offense this year. I mean, this 6'4 quarterback can throw bombs. He's actually, his older brother... Uh, one. Do you remember the 2013 state championship when Chihuahua came back to uh when they were down like 20 like uh 21 to six against Camus and with a minute left they scored like three touchdowns. Yes, yes, that was a phenomenal kick. game. Um, the his also his older brother was the quarterback in that game. So oh, he's got, you know so he's got he that has the bloodline. He's got the it factor. Yeah, <laughs> he, he he's uh he's a proven he's a guy that's uh, learned under his his brother. Um, has been in the Chihuahua system, and uh, I saw him at Eastern camp. Uh, they won Friday Night Lights if that means anything by knocking off Union, yeah. who was the defending state champs. So I'm I'm, I'm buying uh, I'm buying my stock in Chihuahua right now. Okay, I think that's I think that's interesting. I do mm-hmm. I tend to lean on the side that it's it is unfortunate that these two teams have to meet week one and not week seven or week eight for just this, the you know virtually the same reason we're talking about with UW and Cal. Like these teams don't get preseason games. Mm-hmm. You, there are things you have to work out, you know, kinks in the offense that you want to work out, and you, those are exploited week one when it when you're when it comes to college football and prep football. However, I think that lends to your forty two fourteen pick that there's a chance for a real blowout, uh, a bit of a reality shock for Richland, if you will. Um, I'm putting a lot of faith in the sophomore quarterback. Okay, like yeah. I, 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 hey. I'm buying in this guy. I'm buying into this guy right now. Put put this quote on a poster, <laughs> Richland. We don't know who they are. Micah yeah. Chen. Micah. <laughs> he, you heard it here first, folks from Richland. We don't know who you are. So tell us who who are you? You'll, you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Week two for WSU. Another little bit of a snoozer, but. I think WCU continues tradition here with Northern Colorado, and the tradition here is another shutout victory. I think that will be three consecutive seasons <laughs> with a shutout victory, and I got them winning 35-0 to zero against Northern Colorado, a team who struggled mightily, um, and they're in, they're in the big sky, correct? Yep. Yeah. Struggled mightily in the big sky, finished two and nine. Sam McPherson had a ninety, I think a ninety-one yard run against them. He had like a ninety-something yard run against them. It was so cool to see. (laughs) If Eastern Washington can can blow them out, the Cougs sure as hell can. (laughs) I got them winning thirty-five to zero. Um, How they do it, it doesn't matter. How they do it, it's gonna happen. Um, That's gonna be the one shutout, and that's that's the thing. Will I think the better question here is: Will that be? the shutout game so the Cougs can keep that streak alive for three consecutive seasons with a shutout or will they get a field goal or will they get a <laughs> touchdown? I feel like that's going to be the question. I was, I was kind of browsing through their uh, 2018 schedule and, and they certainly struggled to put up points in 2018. Obviously it'll be different. It'll be a little different in 2019, but uh, yeah, I got uh, the Cougs winning 35 to zero. So now Luke, we move to week three. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? Two weeks into the gauntlet, and I'm sure you guys are sweating already. Yeah, this is this is tough. This is just heating up. Yeah, yeah. So right now, things aren't happy on Montlake. The Huskies just lost to Cal for the second year in a row. Their first loss at home since 2016. Um, and 
So just to before I get into my prediction, Cal, or Hawaii uh, has come a long way. So it's funny, Coach Peterson's first game at coaching the dogs was against Hawaii. And Hawaii had almost folded the program. Folded the, the pro- Yeah, before. I was going to say, yeah. They were that close. And they, they've come a long way since then. You know what I mean? Definitely. They, they won eight games last year. Um, that said, or and they have, so Cole McDonald is their quarterback. I was kind of mm-hmm. reading about him a little bit. He's got a little uh, lead singer of the Counting Crows vibe going on. Like kind of a <laughs> okay. balayage mullet or, like, or dreads. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's it's so Hawaii. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet look. Um, and like, he's a solid player, but you know, I think at the end of the day, there's a talent gap here and I think Hawaii might be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Coming into an angry Husky stadium. Just, uh, kind of at the, the bed, I guess at the front of the bed of, uh, waking giant after, after a lot. Yeah. So I, I think, I think more than anything, like, I think obviously the Husky offense will be frustrated, uh, but I think more than anything, it, it, this will be the time for the like defense to kind of put up or shut up a little bit. I mean, obviously they're not. It's not like they're being faced with great talent here, but it's like in my prediction, they didn't play phenomenal against Eastern Washington. They let one kind of get away against Cal, uh, and for this reason, I think the Huskies, um, in sort of a snoozer fashion, take like a like a thirty-eight six win here from Cal or no from Hawaii. Um, this does not sound exciting. <laughs> 38-6. Oh, I don't I don't suspect that game will be exciting no. at all. I feel like that will be kind of the 50 to 40% full Husky <laughs> Stadium. Definitely not the greatest setting in college football when it's not no. full, but you It'll know. be a bit of a snoozer. Weather um, will still be great. Yeah, this is a game where like about 5 or 6 drives in both teams start running the ball a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's that, that. That is so accurate into way to describe a game that is just completely blown out yeah, by the first quarter. Like, it's just like you, you know, know who's winning this game. There's gosh, who was uh, Washington's really bad non-conference game last year? I don't know how I'm blanking on it right now. Oh, uh, um, you think in North Dakota? Yeah, it was they, North Dakota. They, the Fighting Hawks. Yeah. There were a lot of run. The, the, like there yeah. were a lot. Yeah, they, they, of they, they, it wasn't necessarily a bad them. score. It was just a lot of mistakes, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh no. I mean, Jake threw two picks, which was bad. Yeah. Hainer's but coming up. Party, it it was. Game? Yeah, Jake Hainer came in and set the world on fire. But North, <laughs> yeah. the, like North Dakota in particular, was just like trying to get off of the football field. I remember <laughs> yeah. that pretty. Like well. we won our check and we will leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <you> <laughs> Okay, so 38-6, Hawaii. So let's recap here. Dogs are 2-1 and one right now. Cougs are 2-0. and oh. Wenatchee has a week one win. Chiwana has a week one win. And now we move to week two of our prep schedule. And the first game on the docket, we have Bothell at Kennedy Catholic. Yeah, has Bothell, this is has Bothell pretty, not been the quietest good team in the state these last few years? I suppose. Well, they they I keep don't, having I, quarterfinals. You tell exits, us. But... Uh, last year, Bothell actually beat Kennedy Catholic 59-41, and that was without the Sermon kid playing quarterback, the younger brother, Andrew Sermon, that they had like the coach's kid, uh, Bainter, in there. Um, but in my opinion, Bothell's actually gone better since Sermon has left. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've heard from uh, players that, uh, you know, Sermon wasn't the best leader. They, they, they don't think that uh, he was uh, all in on the program really? during that time. But uh, And, of course, I'll keep those guys anonymous, but... 
Um, I don't know if that's good or bad for UW football. I don't know if they if that's what they want to hear. What do you the, know? I mean, I don't, I don't want to indulge too far into it, but uh, just yeah, just like <laughs> yeah, oh, really? I mean, I mean, well, there's you know, when it comes to being checked out, like a quarterback who has such a f- career ahead of him, it's uh, you can sort of sympathize sympathize with the kid for having such a, a future ahead of him, and maybe kind of putting his high school team too much on the back burner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you know. You hit the nail on the head. That's, but let's, that's a large consensus. Yeah, but let's, uh, sermon aside, let's well, let's get to this game. Well, we can't and, put sermon aside because he's a starting quarterback in well, this game. Well, the, the, the older sermon, <laughs> yeah, right. the Jacob sermon. Yeah. Like, Bothell at Kennedy Catholic, this is kind of one of the better non-conference kind of or, or uh, cross-conference matchups. That we're gonna have. Yeah, all it's not season. gonna be a scoring fest like it was last year. Hundred points last year uh, that these two teams put up. You don't think these two teams are gonna not score? Not Savelle Small's on points? defense. That, that's, really, you that, think that's... just just the one? You don't think? Well, that... no, and also just all the returning starters they have on defense. Everybody being a year older, uh, and just the momentum that the Kennedy Catholic program has right now. Uh, I I can't see. I mean, I still think Bothell will put up touchdowns. I think they'll score twenty eight points. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a showcase for Sam Heward to kind of kind of like prove that he is in fact one of the most elite quarterback prospect and also because like you know Sermon was the most elite quarterback prospect as well during his time, but he didn't prove it on game day as far as like beating the great teams. Yeah, uh, that's not gonna be Sam Heward I, again. It's gonna be Anbirian. Uh You got Savelle Smalls adding energy to this defense, and uh, and also um, this will be like Andrew Sermon's first big game as a starting quarterback. Really, he'll, they'll be really breaking him in. So I'll take Kennedy Catholic. He's also going to be a 4A state contender for the championship. But uh, yeah, I'll take 49-28. Kennedy Catholic. 49-28. So it, it'll be a pretty high-scoring game. Yeah, Bothell's not bad, though. I like Bothell a lot. Just mm-hmm. uh, Again, like these last few years, Woodenville has just made them look really small in comparison. But Bothell's good. Yeah, well, and I also think it's kind of... It's a bummer because, like, Kennedy Catholic, again, like, they, they play some out-of-state out games. But, like, this is their big... This kind of like, or I, th- I think yes. they play like one out of state. I can't remember how many they play, um, but this is kind of their like one big game. They're they're con- they're not in a tremendously strong conference. They'll play, I think, Kentwood, coached by WCU receiver Mike Bush, former Bothell coach. Um, but again, like you know, how much do you think that Kentwood is gonna gonna knock off Kennedy Catholic? But okay, so there there we go for the first week two of uh, the preps schedule. Now we get something a little more exciting in the Coug schedule. Week three at Houston, Mm -hmm. technically a neutral site, but is being played at... uh, It was like Washington's neutral game against Auburn. It's virtually the same. It is literally less... It is in the city of Houston. Oh, that's a little... That's that's a little less... (laughs) It is where the Texans play. I think TNG stadium or something. T-something. But... uh, I, this is going to be such a fun game because, like, it, well, A, Houston, you know, another high-octane offense yes. or, you know, kind of that's the the identity that they have. But they've always sort of been second fiddle or third, depending upon where they are or, t- or where it's been in this uh, in any given season in the uh, American Athletic Conference. Last year, it was kind of third to Memphis and UCF. Traditionally, it's just been UCF. But... Um, I, I still, I am cautiously optimistic about this game 
but I really do love the Cougars in shootouts these days. I feel like they struggled early on uh, in Mike Leach's tenure, keeping up with, with shootouts, but the defense of the Cougs has improved so much, and so has the pass protection that it seems that the Cougs are more equipped to handle these kinds of shootout games, and that's why I have the Cougs winning 42-30 to 30 in, in a nice shootout in, I, God, I, I keep wanting to say the stadium name, but I don't know it, so I'm not, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, you Lions know... Stadium? <laughs> Are you ready for no. my, my question here? Oh, shoot, what's your question? If the Houston Texans lent Houston Lamar Miller, would it change the outcome? If not he, necessarily Lamar a fit for their offense, but an, an NFL running back nevertheless. See, that's a good point. How old is Lamar Miller these days? He's got to be breaching 30. Yeah, he's probably 28 28 29 you know what i'm gonna say he's 28 yeah how's my birthday nice i still oh man see i i don't i don't want to sound foolish by saying an nfl player wouldn't change the game but i still feel like i like the cougs and and two i just don't think that lamar miller would be enough to change the game now, if we had Deshaun Watson, that would be a very different story, yeah. and this would be probably a huge blowout. But Lamar Miller, I just don't know if that's enough. enough. I don't, I don't know. know either. I mean, it would be pretty against, like, it just isn't there. That's style. kind of a hard question to ask because, like, a running back can a running back can be a huge game changer. Yeah. It can also be make Lamar Miller catches difference. passes, too. He does. He for sure does. And, I, and he would probably be a huge a huge uh, X factor of that game. But there's also a lot of things you'd have to consider. Does he, is he just get to show up one day away and just got to slide in? That's my understanding of it. Or does he show up one week away and, and get a practice with the team? I, I I still think I got the Cougs in that wild hypothetical situation. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're three weeks through. Now we're moving on to week four for Luke. At BYU. Yeah, this is a weird one. Obviously, a home and home with BYU, but it, it just still doesn't feel like the Huskies should ever have to travel to a Mountain West school. Right? Yeah. Well, I felt the same way about going to Wyoming. I was yeah, going to Wyoming like, what last is this year, about? but it was like, okay. So uh. the BYU game was funny last year because I, I remember writing the game preview for it after BYU had just beat Wisconsin and then watching that game and just being like, holy cow, Wisconsin is the worst team in the country. Like, Right? <laughs> yeah. I remember watching that too. It was like, oh my gosh. So, obviously, BYU. Um, well, actually, first of all, I saw one of those college football Twitter accounts put out the greatest settings in college football, which was a- absolutely a jab at UW. UW number two behind BYU. Hot no. take for sure. No. Provo being a bet. A, a be- no. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's, sure. It's like in the mountains, but UW has two mountain ranges stop within there. view as well as being on the lake, but no big deal. Right. Yeah. Who's counting? Yeah. What lake? What lake do you have? Provo? Yeah. And maybe they do have a it's lake. It's a salty I one. Highly. <laughs> that well played there. Yeah. Um, and I doubt I highly doubt it's it's next to their stadium. No, it's not. Um, But so BYU is interesting. I mean, uh. Like I kind of lump BYU and Utah in together. Maybe that's not a good thing for me to do. But like the both, like 
I don't know. They're physical, scrappy teams. They're both, yeah. They both give you, yeah. like, a solid run for your money. Yeah, I mean, they'll hit you hard. However, BYU didn't give you that um, hard. Like, that statistically, a, a lot of physically mature guys on that team. You have a lot of kids taking missions. Mm-hmm. So you're you're playing, like, 22 and 23-year-olds rather than, like, 20 and 21-year-olds at a lot of positions. Not that that's a huge deal, but... It, it's. I think it's stupid to think that you just waltz into Provo and, and walk away with a big victory. Um, but if you watched UW and BYU l- last year, like th- it was just such an athletic outclassing that I I have a hard time seeing it going any other way than that. I totally agree with that. Um, so I think the Huskies win this one comfortably. It's not going to be something that is making headlines. Um, but I, I see them kind of winning this one 31-13. Um, I think that BYU might be able to, like, I, I think that it, it'll be competitive for about half of the game, but I, I don't think that the outcome will ever be in doubt, really, Yeah, at any point in time. You know, I, I will say, four weeks through, I'm liking your predictions of how the defense and offenses are shaking out, you know, 45 in the opener, 20 against Cal, 38, you know, averaging through those first four weeks and three non-conference game around those like 35-ish points right around there, yeah. maybe low 30s, and then still with a, a solid defense, probably a little averaging a little less than than 20 a game. Yeah, I think I think you're on to something here, Luke. These are these are going these. Thank you. I, I appreciate opinions it. will reflect kindly yeah. in December. I, I think the uh, I I appreciate that. I think the trend I'm trying to portray is that the defense slowly figures it out as the season progresses. Mm-hmm. The offense um, is a little unpredictable at first. Clearly talented, uh, but needs to kind of I don't know, kind of find their identity. And I think obviously yeah. a lot of that will depend on who's playing quarterback. As that's basically the only question mm-hmm. on the entire offense right now. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, now we move to the second week two matchup in Micah's uh, prep schedule. We have Archbishop Murphy at Hawkinson, a two A thriller. Yeah, Arch- one of the one of the few two uh, A thrillers we have here in in the schedule. Yeah, like the three. It is only a handful. Actually, three. It is only one contender, but. Uh- but yeah, I mean, there's similar to four where it's like there's just a handful mm-hmm. of teams that are special. And uh, Archbishop Murphy, though, like remember in 2016 when like teams had the forfeit and they made national news and it was really controversial. Like they were really riding that kind of alert, that kind of uh, like mystique. Um, but it kind of got crushed by Hawkinson last year when they went when Hawkinson went to Everett and beat the Wildcats 42 to 13. It was just uh, it was just kind of a they were just dissected basically on on uh, root sports. And but of course, you have to consider who was be, who was involved in that game and who will not be involved in that game. Well, Sway Rackinell, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the Hawks are just loaded at receiver, and they got their quarterback Levi Crum back, which is as important as Rackinelli. Uh, you know, Rackinelli's just great with the ball in his hands, but man, Levi Crum is he, he's a proven commodity. So I don't think they'll have any problem again. Hawkinson will host this one. I think they win thirty-eight thirteen. And uh, you know Archbishop Murphy, I, great school. You know they they got a good thing going on there. But uh, like it's kind of it's kind of similar to Richland. Like those days of just being like uh, obscenely dominant. Like I said, top one hundred in yeah. the country. Like that's not Archbishop Murphy anymore. And Hawkinson, I mean, 
there's a reason why they're the number one team in 2A. It's because they have a lot of talent coming back, and that's a really good program they got right now. And you don't think that the loss of Hawkinson... Who Sawyer Racanelli? People are... Yes, Sawyer Racanelli. <laughs> the city's not still the, there. The, the, <laughs> city the, is, the city left. is still indeed there. You don't think no, don't the last of, it. of it's, Racanelli... It's early enough. It's early enough in the preseason. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention this, but this is kind of becoming an age-old trend where... A Husky football commit tears his ACL. Oh, that's here. disgusting, man. It yeah, happens all right. the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, uh, if you remember, um, well, Miles Rice, um, and then how am I blanking? Brandon Lewis, the corner. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, Miki Ayu last year, Sawyer Racanelli. I mean, it's just happened a lot. It, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it happens everywhere else, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, hey, if Micah has Hawkinson still winning 2A, then I, I still have Hawkinson winning 2A because I pretty much just mold all my high school opinions off of Micah's. <laughs> I pretty much just ride and his coattails. Yeah, I feel that. As, as I, I feel, Luke, you probably, you know, when it comes to high school, I kind of just take Micah's opinion and regurgitate it somehow to make yeah. it my own. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Okay. Now we move to WSU and their first conference schedule. And here is where it starts to get a little trickier. They have UCLA, UCLA in Pullman for their first conference game. And for whatever reason, I get a little nervous the first conference game. Um, As you should. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm not playing these games uh, because it would for sure be a loss. But I, I, and I don't know about you guys, but I certainly really like UCLA this year. I think there's going to be a, a turnaround in Westwood. And, and I think I that UCLA is, is legitimately going to give the Cougs a run for their money. And I don't know if this guy's this will surprise you or not, but I have the Cougs just squeaking out with a 28-24 to 24 win. So less than a full touchdown margin. I feel like this game could be eerily similar to the Utah game last year. Different um, different flow to the game in the sense that it's not necessarily kind of the grinded out game that the Utah was, but I feel like there will be a good amount of turnovers and, and more long drives, uh, uh, a good deal of, of red zone turnovers. It's going to be a sloppy game, I think, but I feel like the Cougs are still kind of in the driver's seat enough yeah. to handle... UCLA at home, but kind of this uh, this new look UCLA, and they'll still be able to hold on. So I got them winning twenty eight to twenty four. Yeah, UCLA. I don't know. It's weird because it, it's it's hard to kind of tell what kind of impact Chip Kelly will have on the culture there. Mm-hmm. But since really the last time they were good with Jim Moore, they felt so Hollywood. Like obviously, like I think it'll be a challenging game for UCLA. I mean, I mean for for Wazoo against UCLA, it helps that it's at home. Obviously, yeah. Um, it, it and I do think that it'll end up being very challenging. But it it feels like a game that if Washington State is able to throw like two strong punches early, that it could be over before it starts. Yeah, I th- and that is kind of something you wonder, like, kind of the toughness of UCLA right now. Sometimes it takes a few years to get that toughness. Yeah. I just feel like a Chip Kelly team is going to be s- tough to a certain degree and, and will be able to make that game for close sure. in their second year. I don't know. I I thought you may have said Jim Mora, but I I heard Jim Moore, and I just thought that was funny. Oh, yeah. That Jim Moore, oh, yes. the, the, the prospect of, of Jim Moore <laughs> coaching the UCLA Bruins. 
You that know, would be that would be silly. But anyways, I wonder if he'd accept the job. That uh, you know, if the money was right, knowing Jim Moore, he would do just about anything. So <laughs> I would say he'd probably take it. Yeah. But sticking with the Los Angeles theme, week five, USC yeah. comes to Montlake. How's that game going? Luke? USC traditionally is a team that always scares me. Because they could accidentally five-star talent their way into winning any game on their schedule. Right. That is that is for sure. You know, it, and it, it's an interesting one. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you like you have like JT Daniels. What's he going to be like now that he's actually old enough to be a college student? Um, <laughs> you know, like yeah. they basically every year get to point at as many receivers in the California area and haul them in. They have Stephen Carr, former five-star running back, on their roster, poised to kind of be their guy this year. Um, however, I like, I don't know. I think where you don't know what the brand of Chip Kelly's UCLA is, I think the brand of Clay Helton's USC is pretty uh, well-determined by this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I do. I think that whatever we're hearing about... Uh, well. Personally, we're gonna have to listen to uh, uh, his his media day today because that will be interesting just to hear the the heat that he I'm assuming he'll be getting today. Um, but but what what in terms of score? What what do we have here? Yeah, this one I think the because I think to, to kind of explain, I, I wish I did a little more research on what USC schedule is before this, mm-hmm. uh, just so I could kind of have an idea of what at least the like the headline of this game will be but i think this is washington's uh first chance since losing to cal to kind of right the ship in terms of actually playing uh pac-12 opponents they're looking for revenge it's been a long time uh since they played usc and usc beat them at home the last time that they did meet up um and then i don't know just lastly i mean i think that yeah, I don't know. I think this is the game. This is the put up or shut up game for the Huskies in terms of like let's go play a talented opponent and show mm-hmm. what we're capable of. Um, and, and that's not to say that USC won't have their moments, but I, I, I'm feeling like a. I think the Huskies will win this one, thirty-eight twenty-one. Thirty-eight to twenty-one. Yeah. Okay. This might. This but, is. I think Jacob Eason's coming out party a little bit. That could be because of the thirty-eight point performance against uh, a USC at home is certainly a, a statement win right there. Yeah, but I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, also on the defensive side, I'm pretty sure Iman Marshall is gone. Um, yeah. Marvell Tell is gone. Well, certainly, but I just in terms of the, ex, you know, the inflated expectations and the expectations that are always around USC. Yeah. A 38-point win against USC is still a 38-point win. Oh, yeah, USC no, for sure. Really. I mean, I, I just think... Again, I mean, it, and it's funny what I said about Clay Helton because I mean he won eleven games like three years ago or two years ago. Yeah, right. Um, but I mean, just the, not only last year still having the talent and just absolutely collapsing, but then what we've seen this year with their recruiting class falling apart and then falling apart even once like their LOIs were in and they were on campus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like there's something wrong with that program over there. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I guess I guess we will find out. Yeah, we year. will find out. But you just or don't see we'll find people out just more. mass exodus from yeah. USC like that without yeah. something weird going on. Okay, we're at week three of the high school schedule, and we have another 
cross-conference, and I don't even know what Peninsula's conference is, actually, but we have Skyline at Peninsula. See, I don't know enough about these programs to really kind of, like, what? Tell you don't you know about Skyline? Sure. How do you not know about Skyline, Skyline, dude? Skyline ain't it anymore. I mean, they have, uh, they have definitely plateaued these last couple of years. They have not been their usual dominant self. They did produce a D1 quarterback recently with the... Uh, God, I forgot the kid's name, but uh, he's, at, he's at an Ivy League school right now. But I, I'll take Peninsula in this game. I, again, I don't have a whole lot to tell about it about these two teams. But if you want to look at Linden at Archbishop Murphy, it's much much of the same with the Hawkinson game. Uh, Linden's going to crush Archbishop Murphy. They got tremendous athletes there. They always do. I don't know like what's in the water up there, but Linden's just a great sports town. And I say they win 43-20, so that's my prediction. My next prediction is going to be Linden over Archbishop Murphy. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, slow, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. We have the week three. Let's. I need predictions for the skyline at Peninsula. You, what I is, mean, serious thing. Like, I, I don't want to be held accountable for the you skyline. You have to. Pen- <laughs> that's the point of this. That you, you, you don't is, get to just choose to be. The high school know-it-all, and then when a <laughs> matchup comes up, and you high school know-it-all. Well, that's you're appointed. That's what that that is. We have chosen, and you you are appointed. Yeah, so I need a. I'll I take, need. I'll take the uh, Peninsula Seahawks. Um, okay. Well, it'll be a closer game though than most of these. I'll I'll, I'll call it a, a kind of a lower scoring game. 21-16. And uh, but I'll take Peninsula there. Uh, but yeah, Linden versus Archbishop Murphy. I think Linden's got this one. They, okay, they well, well, we we will get there. We okay, fair, we enough, will hear, fair enough. We will hear more from that <laughs> because now we have Week Five for WSU, and this is where we have the rematch of WSU versus Utah, and this time it's going to be at Salt Lake City, and this time I am a little nervous, and I I just feel like along with a lot of people. People are hot on on Utah this year, and I think they're going to have a pretty formidable squad this year. And something about just going to Utah, and I know the last time the Cougs went to Utah, it was a pretty fantastic game, and, and the Cougs played remarkably well. I just don't like going to Utah, and that's why I have the Cougs losing their Yikes. first game of the wow. season, 17-20. to 20. And A close game. It's going to be a close game, but I feel like the team's who can succeed against WSU are the ones who can limit the offense and and sort of have a feel for how Mike Leach likes to call a game. And Kyle Whittingham is certainly among that group. Obviously, we know Chris Peterson is among that, but mm-hmm. Kyle Whittingham is the name that, that people kind of forget, and, and I feel like he has got a, a yeah. good grip on what Mike Leach is doing. So I... 17-20, first loss of the season after four consecutive wins. Dang, that's tough. I mean, yeah. Utah, they're... UW knows all too well about going traveling to Utah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's a tough game. It is a really tough game. And they're, they're just, yeah, I mean, they, and they're just a really tough team to, to go and yeah. play against. Kyle Whittingham is such a great coach. I remember laughing because... Uh, there was like sort of a clamoring. I can't remember exactly how Utah started their season last year, but it was kind of rough, if I remember correctly. That they had a slow yeah. start offensively. I know they lost to Washington State, uh, which obviously, I mean, eleven other teams did as well. But yeah. uh, or ten at other the time, teams did as well. you know, it was a disappointing the, loss for them. Yeah, because wasn't it in? No, it was in Pullman. Nevertheless, in Pullman. Yeah, uh, there was at least the probably the vocal minority. The, the vocal minority of the Utes fan base clamoring for Kyle Whittingham to lose 
his job and it was like i'm just gonna stop you before you that's embarrass yourself that's just, yeah right yeah, no like, yeah that's that's the best yeah. thing that's ever happened over there seriously kyle winningham is he is such he's such a remarkable and one of the coaches like you know mike leach is pretty nice and respectable when he talks about coaches but the genuine respect he has for kyle winningham is he is fairly candid with whereas he is not as candid with yeah. that admiration for other coaches but anyways let's move on to week six where UW has their first road game in conference play and that is yes at stanford where what what are we looking at here yeah this one this one's interesting to me uh, Stanford is weird in the sense that I, I, I've all offseason, I think I've said a couple times that KJ Costello is the most underrated quarterback in the conference. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. you know who's not weird? KJ Costello. Yeah, but honestly, I'm starting to kind of cool my, like I'm starting to talk myself into cooling on KJ Costello. Really? Um, And I mean, obviously, last year was his first year as the full-time starter. He had kind of mm-hmm. split time with Keller Christ the year before. And he, he was obviously effective uh, his first year where he, he was, I mean, he, he got more reps than uh, Keller Christ in 2017, but uh, last year was his coming out party. But part of me is wondering if part of the reason, like if any of his success could have depended on the fact that he had three NFL targets with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Caden Smith, and Trenton Irwin. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, I need to fact check myself on whether or not Trenton Irwin is playing on an NFL team right now. Um, yeah, he's with the Dolphins. Okay, but uh, the point is, is like, is there could there be a Jake Browning kind of projection or like or storyline here for? Uh, yeah. Okay. So you know, for KJ Costello, like good quarterback, but just struggles, kind of just doesn't put up the same numbers that yeah. he has. Maybe necessarily just doesn't have the same supporting cast that yeah. he does in his senior and his kind of yeah. So I'm looking years. right now, and I, I mean, among the leading, so Col- Colby Parkinson will be a monster. Yeah. I for mean, them. Stanford's going to have playmakers. Yeah, like, they'll have playmakers. Stanford, you know, but I mean, their leading rece- like their leading returning receiver has 29 receptions, and then their next leading receiver returning has 14. Right. Yeah. And then, so it's unknown, but and then the other thing is Cameron Scarlett, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's never had an opportunity to have a full time role, but he has two hundred eight carries, uh, and over that time period, has averaged four yards per carry exactly yeah. for his career. Like that's not a super small sample size. Yeah, exactly. I, like he's not Bryce Love. So, so, but let's get to it. What what's what's the what's the result here? But nevertheless, like this one will be an ugly one. Obviously, um, I think what, like the, both teams will kind of spend some time running the ball at each other aimlessly. Um, I think that the Huskies will end up victorious in this one. As I mean, as I implied earlier, I have a loss on the schedule, and we already mentioned which one it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but on the road at the farm, really low energy game with like twenty five thousand people there. Um, I think the Huskies. And of course, they'll say it's like. Yeah, exactly. And it's but, like really, you know, I, like yeah. I think this is one the Huskies win twenty four twenty. Just kind of a hang on and hope one. Twenty four twenty. Okay, twenty four twenty. Oh, I'm sorry, Michael. What was that? WSU shouldn't be talking about inflating numbers. Oh, hey, that was that Too was soon. in the past. That was in the past. <laughs> it fixed it. Soon. And that was like a couple thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Not it was on just a to get, basis. It was just to get to the sellout. <laughs> it's not you know tens of thousands okay micah we're finally at week four 
you were so excited to talk about Lyndon Archbishop Murphy, and you've already proclaimed that you have Lyndon winning this game, but why do you have Lyndon winning this game? Clearly, you were not you were not hyped on Archbishop Murphy after we've talked about Hawkinson, but what what uh, particularly about this matchup? Well, Lyndon, I mean, they're, they've proven year in and year out they're going to be in that state title conversation. And uh, the, I, like I said before, they got, the, they got some of the best athletes in the state regardless of classification. They do a good job with the youth programs there. Uh, they got their – it's like last year they're, they shared quarterbacks. Like they had kind of rotation going. Uh, but, you know, one half of them graduated. The other half is back this year uh, to be the full-time starter. I saw them at Eastern Camp. Uh, they, they, they're a well-oiled machine. Um, and uh, I, I don't remember the name of the head coach there, but he's been there for like over 25 years now. So mm-hmm. uh, he always has his team ready. And I think Lyndon's going to crush Archbishop Murphy. Forty Sounds like 20. a super memorable guy. <laughs> well, he, it was nice talking to him. I know yeah, he's been doing sure. it for a while. I'm just, but, you know, I'm just teasing. When there's, just when there's teasing. hundreds of teams, you know, <laughs> you're just you're okay. trying to. And I, I also I don't cover the West Side too much. You know, I'm more of an East Side guy. So That's you are more of an East Side cat. That is for sure. What's the score? 43-20. 43-20. Yep. It's going to be... Uh, you got it's a lot be of similar to uh, the Hawkinson. Uh, yeah, matchup. not well. Yeah, lo- similar. Not a lot of close games here, other than the sky. High school football doesn't really have a lot of close games. That's true. That is true. Usually and I suppose you have Mount Sinai. Yeah, that game is going to be nuts. That's, that's in my opinion the game of the week, week one. And there's a lot of good non-conference matchups, but mm-hmm. that's actually where I will be week one. And Ryland has hinted he might be there as well week one. So that says something. <laughs> yeah, if Friday night Ryland's going to be at that one. So. Okay, so now for WCU's Week 6 matchup. WCU is at Arizona State in Tempe, and I love when my Cougs are playing Arizona schools, particularly because of what happened last year. But uh, usually they're... I mean, that's kind of a joke, not half a joke. ASU um, and U of A traditionally give UW a little more trouble than WCU, but... I would I would say that 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 ASU and and U of A can also give WSU a little bit of trouble, but I don't think that is this year. I, f- I feel like Herm Edwards still kind of figuring things out in Tempe, um, and I just don't think they have the offense necessarily to keep up, and, and nor nor the defense to to handle Mike Leach. And I have them winning forty two to twenty seven in Tempe. Um, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to add to that game. And I feel like a lot of this, you know, as we've stated earlier, this is a lot of feel. You know, not a whole lot of analysis, more just how do you feel the season is going to yeah, go. Yeah, you gotta trust your like, gut, man. Coming, yeah, coming off of a loss. Your instinct um, is usually right. Coming off of a close loss in week five against Utah, mm-hmm. the Cougs are going to be fired up. They're going to they're gonna want to win a game. And, and furthermore, they're going to know that... If they want to come out first, they've already UW's, They've already seen UW's loss week two at Cal. They can't drop another one. So I feel like they're going to come out hot and get a win against Cal or against ASU, forty-two to twenty-seven. So now that moves us into week seven. Yeah. And well, what's we, funny, what I want to touch on is, and I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but I feel like the Pac-12, like teams feed off each other more than any other conference. Like, yeah, if, if good teams in the Pac-12 have a good week, they all do. And then there are like bad weeks with the Pac-12, and I'm thinking specifically of when uh, the Huskies lost to Cal, and it felt like the world just couldn't get any darker because the Huskies had just handed the North to Oregon. And then I walk back to my hotel room in San Francisco 
to turn on the TV to like a 100-0 thwacking Arizona, just absolutely blowing the doors off of Oregon. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's how it is. It is a dog-eat-dog conference. Yeah. Like, so here it is. I mean, the Huskies answer. So, I mean, the Huskies, mm-hmm. yeah, they go down and take care of business in the Bay Area. So now it's time for the Cougs to answer the bell as well. Yeah. But now in week seven, UW has to go to the desert as well, and they get Khalil Tate and company. What's happening there? Yeah, I mean, this one is another weird one uh, because it's another returning quarterback. This guy was a, a former Heisman almost favorite. Uh, and, he, I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting. There are some funny quarterback-coach combos in the Pac-12, and I think Kevin Sumlin, uh, Khalil Tate, is one of the most intriguing ones. Um, nevertheless, I'm kind of tired of this Huskies. Uh, in Arizona narrative and like if the only thing about the desert that the Huskies or that hampers the Huskies is the bad juju like I just refuse to let that be a reason for me to pick against the Huskies Uh, I think what's interesting about this is where they may be um, a little more Inexperienced, I think they're starting to add athleticism on their defense, just evidenced by the class of the fact that they've had excellent recruiting classes the past couple of years. Uh, and for that reason, I think that the Khalil Tate J. Taylor combination can be shut down. I think the Huskies kind of continue to build their head of steam here, go down to Arizona against a defense that isn't necessarily as strong, and uh, the pull out like a 31 17 comfortable win on the road. Mm. You take that Pac 12 road win in a heartbeat. Yeah, 31-17. Khalil Tate only putting up 17 points. That would be a huge win for the dogs. I think so, too. Yeah, but, I, you yeah. know, I think, again, this is the time where the Huskies are starting to catch their stride. And, again, the, I mean, yeah. they've held defenses, I, I mean, offenses to under 18 points per game, like, in the past five seasons. So Yeah. So, staying on brand. Okay. Now we're still in week four of the high school schedule at the halfway mark. Camus at Bellevue. It's actually, Micah. I think, uh, yeah, you're right. It is Camus at Take Bellevue. Take it away. Uh, first of all, Camus should have won last year. They had like a 35-14 lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, Bellevue somehow with their running offense uh, makes a comeback and wins 38-35. But uh, I'm going to take Camus winning 35-28 this year. You know, it's hard to bet against Bellevue. They usually prove you wrong. They're one. Of, there's a reason why they're one of the biggest dynasty in high school football history. But, man, you look at Camus this year, they got three D1 linemen, uh, which is pretty much unheard of for a high school team to have that many uh, quality uh, big guys up front. And their quarterback, Jake Blair, he's only a junior. He's re- he's a returning starter, which at a school like Camus is phenomenal to be a three-year starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is also a D1 prospect. Plus, both of their most productive running backs return. Camus is going to be great this year. I think they go undefeated throughout the regular season. And it'll be a close game, but I, if I'm betting money, I'm putting it on Camus to win against Bellevue. And, and what was the tough. score you had again? 35-28. 35-28. Not quite a shootout, but both teams are yeah. going to be productive on offense. Well, you know what I'll tell you, Micah, is when you pick it against the Kinko Conference, you get hurt. Especially Bellevue. That, I've been fooled. That's I've all I'm going to say. picked against Bellevue a couple times, and I've lost. So, But I, I believe this Camus team is really special this year. Yeah. Okay. And now we move to Week 7 of WSU, and that will be Colorado coming to town for homecoming, if I am not mistaken. And as we all know, when Colorado comes to town... Uh, you can usually expect horrible weather for one. Um, that seems to be a trend. But more importantly, WCU 
tends to clean up shop on homecoming games. And that's why I like a, a comfortable lead here, comfortable win here, 34 to 14. Um, you know, Colorado, they, ha- they have weapons. I just, I don't, you know, year, I, who's, who's the coach again? I can't remember the, the name of the head coach, but year one in Colorado, again, great program. I just, I, I think whenever you have a year one or first year head coach, there's going to be struggles. And when you're walking into a seasoned program who is very comfortable with herself as WCU is, mm-hmm. that's going to cause problems for Colorado. So another comfortable win against Colorado. Like, Definitely. you know, if you can do it against uh, what they had last year at Colorado and get a comfortable win, I think you can do it at home this year. So 34 to 14. All right. Now we move to a big time game. And yeah. that will be Oregon coming to Montlake in week eight. Here comes my freezing cold takes moment of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, obviously, this will be a tough game. Uh, Oregon has a phenomenal returning offensive line, a couple great runners of the football. Um, essentially, my hot or my freezing cold take here is I, I think it'll be very competitive for a long time. But I think when the rubber hits the road, um, we can label Justin Herbert from this game as the Jake Locker of Oregon. Um, phenomenal talent. Ooh. Everybody loves him. Local kid. Uh, but, like, what Just did he really do? It. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And for that reason, I think the Huskies win 34-24. Justin Herbert just can't quite come up with, like, you know, his signature moment against the Huskies. The way that Jake Browning maybe didn't ever have his signature yeah. win with the Huskies. Um Yeah. I think we all Recently. knew you were you were gonna say that that was a win. It was the score that that we were looking forward to thirty four twenty. I yeah I, yeah you I know because I mean th- that game is thirty one twenty four. I would Oregon say you don't end up on freezing left. cold takes with a with an opinion like that. I'd say it's a pretty safe safe yeah. guess. I mean I, maybe you know the win altogether. I think people and and what will be interesting. Um, well, sorry, this is one of the greatest. Twitter moments of all time. Willie Taggart hung the the point, Jake Browning point, on uh like Oregon's visitor locker room all or before oh. the uh UW Oregon game when he hit his one here at Oregon and said, What are you gonna do about it? And like someone tweeted a picture of it. And then after the game, some Husky fan quote retweeted it and said, Kick a field goal because the final <laughs> of that game was 38 <laughs> 3. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. We love some, the internet. Some vintage UW inter- oh, yeah, internet trolling. Okay. 34 to 24. Now we are moving to, oh, another. Another great matchup for for Micah O'Day at Eastside Catholic. Yeah, you can make a strong argument. This is the biggest uh, like matchup in Washington high school football every single year. I mean, Woodenville versus Bothell could be a good argument as well. But uh, man, Eastside Catholic, like we all know their story. They got like eight D one players coming back, like tons of nationally ranked players between DJ Rogers and JT. Lou Melo or whatever to do defensive tackle that uh, is going to is only in his junior year right now. Um, Sam Adams Jr., G. Scott, uh, Hayden, Aiden Hector. So, you know, if, if Oday couldn't make it close last year, it sure as heck won't be close this year. And uh, Eastside Catholic, pencil them in to win a state championship this year. I think they beat Oday 28-10, probably beat Oday again in the state championship game. 
it'll be quite the awkward celebration because uh, only ten points from O'Day. Ten points, yep. It'll because that, that defense is going to be phenomenal this year for Eastside Catholic. I think they only put up like thirteen last year in the same game, so it's not too far of a stretch to see O'Day falter on offense. But yeah, I mean, Eastside Catholic, it's just going to, I mean, if they, when, they, when they win a state championship, it'll be pretty quiet, I think. I, I mean, it'll be loud because everybody will be excited for the Eastside Catholic section, but compared to most state title wins, uh, it, it'll just be business as usual. So that's my prediction, 28-10, week five, O'Day, losing to Eastside Catholic. Okay. Well, okay, so now we move to WCU, and this this one might shock a little people. Week eight, and well, I guess it will be their week eight matchup against Oregon, obviously buys separate uh UW and WSU's Oregon matchup but uh I think this is going to surprise some people and again going back to my gut and my intuition I feel like this is going to be the year the streak ends for Washington State against Oregon and I again I I so agree with you Luke that I I don't think Justin Herbert is that guy I don't I don't think that he is some yeah. tremendous quarterback who will work out or pan out in the NFL. But I think this game is going to be a shootout and the one shootout that Oregon gets the better of WSU. I have this on a high scoring 44 to 52 Oregon wins. People will not um, be denied their fun with that one. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and you know, it's again, there's, there's more twists and turns in here. I don't think this is going to be a bad season for WSU, and I feel like a lot of people could look at that and say, oh, well, if, if you already have two losses to Utah and Oregon, then yeah, it's probably not going to end very well. But I, I truly think that, that this is not going to be the end for the Cougars season right here. But I, it's just tough. I mean, five in a row against Oregon um, and knowing what they return and, and what they add, I I just like Oregon this year, and I, I'm going 44 to 52. But uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna harp on that one too much longer because we're moving to week nine, and that will be when Utah comes to town for or or against UW. Yeah. So this one, I don't know. So it, it's interesting because Utah, obviously, one of the toughest teams in the Pac-12. The Huskies have had many just like I don't know blow for blow matches with the Utes, um, but the Huskies have only lost to Utah once since they've joined the conference. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right? And then coming to Husky Stadium, I have a hard time giving Utah the edge in this one. And then the other thing is, if you think about it, the Utes had 120 minutes against the Huskies last year in two games. Sorry, did I cut out there for a second? It looks like I might have just a little bit. Yeah. yeah so you, the Utes had 120 minutes against the Huskies in two games and scored 10 points. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Zach Moss could be a difference maker. Um, I. Don't know how available he'll be because he hurt his knee pretty bad last November. The the yeah, timeline will with, be interesting. Uh, yeah, that will be interesting for sure. Um, he, but I don't think that Tyler Huntley can do it alone against the Huskies. If they have an effective running game, it could be hard depending on uh, who steps up alongside Levi Onzerike. Um, but I mean the, the Huskies and the Utes. I've kind of been, I don't know, they have a history of going blow for blow, but the Huskies have a history of edging them out, especially at home. And uh, Utah just, I don't know, it doesn't seem like they kind of have an answer for the Husky defense of late. Uh, for that reason, at home, I think the Huskies uh, go ahead and win this one 24-13. 24-13. Okay, so you think that the Utes can 
outscore their total for 120 minutes. That stat, that stat does not lie. 120 minutes in 10, 10 points. points last year. You know, yeah. like I, I, I'm thinking that whether it's whether or not it's Zach Moss, it, it's a physical team that's going to run mm-hmm. at the inexperienced middle of the Huskies, and th- they'll be able to move they'll, the chains. They'll get some points. Yeah. Okay. So now we move to week six, and this is my favorite matchup. Of a lot of people's the, favorite uh, matchups. A lot of people's favorite matchup Pop for Keeney. the prep schedule. Pop Keeney, whether it's Woodenville at Bothell or Bothell at Woodenville, it don't matter. It matter, man. <laughs> what do you got, Micah? So Woodenville, they're in full dynasty mode right now. I mean, it's incredible the amount of D1 talent they're cranking out of a town of, like, what, 12,000 people? Small yeah. forest. Homegrown, school. baby. Homegrown. Um, well, except for <laughs> the best recruit ever, Levi Rogers, is not homegrown. He's he's a Boston kid. He's uh, He was raised in the Northeast and uh, moved to Woodenville prior to his junior year. But this is where he's making a name for himself, and uh, he's playing left tackle for them right now. I mean, their entire offensive line is huge. Uh, the, the program is doing really well right now. It's, it's always been organized, but now that they have some serious talent. Uh, and if you talk about matchups, I mean, what about defensive backs? You know, There's a reason why they call that defense the dark side. It regularly shuts teams out, uh, keeps like good teams like Bothell low-scoring, uh, Woodenville's corners are both old league last year. Uh, Cage Skank, uh, he's just gotten off from Air Force. And Blake Glesner, he's getting a lot of uh, Pac-12 looks as a kicker, but he's also a 6'3 corner, really athletic. So those two corners right there, again, historically, uh, these last few years, both the quarterbacks have not done well against Woodenville's defensive backs. And uh, Woodenville just, you know, they, they won the Kinko Championship last year by beating Kale Millen. Uh, it was like 17-14. to 14. You know, Blake Glesner kicked a game-winning field goal. They have a knack for winning the dramatic game, so I think they win this one 20-17. The Woodenville dynasty of winning Kinko championships continues. I think they're going for their fourth straight Kinko title right now. That's going to be uh, Happy for my alum, alumnus matter, or like, you know, yeah. uh, my former school. Alma, so. alma mater. Yeah, alma mater. <laughs> alumnus <laughs> You are either an alumnus or your school is the alma mater. Right, right. Yeah, I'm talking you about, uh, you know, the school I went to. So I, I think yeah. Woodenville's got this one against Bothell. So, yeah. Yeah, that's my okay. prediction there. There we go. So now we move to week nine, WCU. WCU goes to the Bay at Cal. This is a recipe for disaster, right? I would say most people would look at that game. What happened to, I mean, what Cal has done to teams traditionally, or I guess in the last year, what that, that matchup looked like at WSU were, you know, very similar to UW's game, except it worked out for WSU where they actually managed to put some points on the board. I actually think that WSU is going to beat Cal at Cal and it's going to be close. It's going to be another close game. I have them winning 20 to 17, Wow, <laughs> but again, yeah. Very so I think I think games. my my thought here is flipped. I feel like your you know common knowledge would tell you that WSU will win the Oregon game and lose the Cal game. I just have them flipped. I I don't think that what common knowledge might suggest is actually going to happen, and I feel like it rarely does in college football. And that's kind of the uh, the thesis behind my selection here, but. In terms of the style of game, it's going to be it's going to be the same as any other Cal game is, where it is it is slow, it is messy, um, good defense on both sides, but ultimately I th- I think WSU is going to pull it out. So twenty mm-hmm. to seventeen, mm-hmm. and before we similar feel last year maybe, yeah, it's definitely a similar feel, a similar mm-hmm. outcome as well. But you know, like I said, I just don't think that's what what people have them pegged at right now. No. So right now. I have let's see one two three four five six seven seven and two for the Cougs eight and one 
uh, for the dogs. And then obviously I'm not going to go through all the winners of the prep matchups, yeah. but if you've been following along, you know. So now we're going to week You're 10. pissed too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, you have, yeah, Micah, Micah has some, going to have some haters yeah, after this one. After um, week 10 at Oregon State. Yeah. Jonathan Smith v. Love Chris him. Peterson. Yeah. Take it away. So this one, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think I'll surprise people by picking the Huskies here. It, but it, how much will they win? So by, it, the here's the thing: it's a short week. You're coming off of a tough game with Utah. I think the Huskies are interested in obviously starting fast, but mm-hmm. I, I think that this is one where they like they could be trying to get out of Corvallis as soon as possible, <laughs> um, as, like getting ready for another road game. Back to back weeks on the road in the Pac twelve is always it's, tough. it's what you call it is what you call a meatloaf game. Yes. In in the sense that you have a meatloaf in the oven, you need to get back home to get the meatloaf out of the yeah. oven. You gotta you gotta get in, you gotta get out. This game isn't as important yeah. as the meatloaf you got cooking in I the oven. I don't think you can quite call it a trap game just because I don't know that the beeves have what it takes to be a trap game. To trap. Yeah. Yeah. No. That said, I mean like Jonathan Smith scored some points against the Huskies last year. I, I think he'll do the same. Um, I don't think it'll be pretty by any means, uh, but I think the Huskies walk out of Corvallis, uh, like 34, 21. No, I don't like, I, I've been adding too many field goals, so I'm going to change that. I'm going to go 30, <laughs> I'm going to go 35, 24, um, 35, but it's, 24. it's not as close as that sounds. You know what I mean? Like the beeves, I, I suppose that's pretty. That's pretty close, though. It is. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. like you're, you don't feel great about it, but when the beeves score a touchdown with three minutes left against um, yeah. the Huskies' second okay. unit, you're kind of like, oh, that doesn't look good. Um, they pull it to a two score. Yeah, yeah. Paul Feinbaum's gonna have something to say about that on <laughs> Sunday morning, but I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So now the next week six matchup: Lake Stevens at Glacier Peak. A a good, uh, I guess Northern it's the only good region. West Coast matchup, really. I mean, Glacier Peak is yeah, doing a yeah, good job, West uh, making it not just a one horse conference. Uh, it's in, in some ways, you can look at them as a pretender because they do crack the state playoffs, but they're not viewed as a serious threat. I got the chance to see Lake Stevens at Eastern's camp. Tanner Jellison's a phenomenal quarterback. They have a lot of good receivers. Um, they have a kid going D one. I don't remember the name his name off the top of my head, but. Uh, this will be a close one like it was last year. Uh, Lake Stevens won 24-21. I predict something similar here, 31-27. And this will be a good test for both teams, but ultimately, you know, Lake so Stevens... So Lake Stevens winning? Lake Stevens is going to be, another, uh, once again, a state contender. Um, them and Union, I would say, are a tier below, like Camus and uh, Chihuahua. Um, but uh, yeah, they'll definitely be in that conversation. They'll definitely be a top eight seed. I'll take Lake Stevens over Glacier Peak, 31-27. Yeah. Well, you, you heard that, Glacier Peak, pretenders... That is that is what we have at Washington Football Crunch. You guys pegged as Gosh, in the West Coast Conference. This is bad, man. This is very bad. <laughs> I am not. Hey, I, not not my words. Not my words. It, I did say these, it. These, I know. I know. But like these these kids, man, they're just they're doing their best. You know, nothing personal. Yeah, just uh, yeah, giving my yeah. unbiased opinion on these games. You got. Hey, hey. This is uh. This is what you're here for. Just to give the takes. Get. Tell it plain, child. Most people like will not do. Most people will not give predictions like I do. I'm. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very confident in these picks. Okay, so now we move to week 10 of WSU, uh, and that's when Stanford comes to town. Dad's weekend game um, will be high energy. Everyone loves it when Stanford comes to town. It seems to always have a, it seems to always be a good game. The Cougs have beaten Stanford the last three matchups. 
Obviously, we know the 2018 one was a thriller with a Blake Mazza game-winning field goal. I don't think it's going to require a game-winning field goal this time around. I think it's going to be a very similar game. I think um, maybe unlike uh, Luke's prediction, I think KJ Costello is going to have a great game, and I think he's going to keep the Cardinal around. But ultimately, I think that WSU is going to get the better of Stanford 41-32. to Kind of a, a wacky score there, but that's what I got him as. So now yeah. we're at week 11. And Luke, your UW Huskies go to Boulder yeah. and will face Colorado. Yeah, that that's well. It, what's funny is, yeah, I could be wrong. I, I was talking about it today. It, obviously, the Cougs recently have had Oregon's number, and then Stanford. It should be four in a row as well, right? That's that's what I think. Uh, well, it should it should be four in a row if it weren't for a like a missed field goal. Well, okay, yes, yes. So it will be four yeah. in a row by this. But it, it, yeah. it's funny, I was just going to say, at home with their recent history against uh, the trees, feels like a reasonable pick, right? Yeah. Colorado, um, Colorado, gosh, is a weird, like, do you remember when they were ranked for a minute there? Well, yeah, again, pretty, pretty, like, you looked at it and it was like, that's not a ranked team. No, but exactly. But they were ranked anyways. And I mean, just to make it worse, you have first year head coach mm-hmm. and, and kind of changing changing of the guard. Yeah, I mean, does UW UW catch them while they're still in the midst of this change during the season, or, or what do you think? Yeah, there's I, bad I, I tend to think there? they what's, do. What's I mean, th- this isn't a team that necessarily jumps out as, as as super intimidating. I mean, obviously they'll have a fifth year senior quarterback in Steven Montez. But but Steven Montez is a guy who started out hot last year and then got to conference play and couldn't really move the ball consistently against defenses. Um, Mel Tucker, that's that's the coach. Yeah, that that and Mel remind Tucker. me, he has some sort of interesting history that's like at least semi worth knowing. Uh, 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 I don't I don't think it is, but <laughs> he he is a football coach. We can assure you that. Yes. Okay, that is for sure. Um, yeah. Never like. I don't know. I don't know a ton about Colorado, but they're not necessarily a team that freaks me out. Again, it kind of comes down to one of those things where they're like almost the Oregon State of the South. Not in the sense that, mm-hmm. I mean, they've won more games. I mean, they even played in a Pac-12 championship. But it, like talent-wise, they're the last option in that kind of recruiting footprint. You're, you're building up some uh, sound bites that... Good. I, hopefully, hopefully, I don't. I hope we don't have to to play or to like, hand the, over the, the to point of the freezing mat, cold like, takes. My, my point is here: the, the Huskies. Y- you know, I I think that this might be sort of like a, a bit of a feel good game for them. You know, okay, they, they're coming off of a bye. They're getting ready for the Apple Cup. Uh, like this is an opportunity f- for them to go into their biggest game of the year on like a positive note. And for that reason, I mean, I don't think it'll be an absolute drubbing because they're going on the road. And, mm-hmm. uh, but it, again, like you said, new coach, uh, a team that lost seven games in a row last year to end the season, you know, like, I, I just don't know if they have the juice to put up much of a fight against the Huskies. So on the road, I'll give the Huskies, uh, this game, a, a comfortable 38, 17 victory, a three touchdown lead or three touchdown win going into their final game of the season. Okay. So I'm noticing you only have the Huskies cracking 40 points once. 
at at that's the first game at Eastern but Washington. Luke, Jacob you, Eason, you feel good about that? Yeah, I do feel good feel about good it. About I mean, that? I'm sure I'm okay. like it might happen once or twice more, but at the same time, I don't want to be like I, I think it would be off brand of me to be picking the Huskies to be just absolutely to, lighting to up what? the scoreboard. Yeah. <laughs> that would <laughs> that would week. that would certainly not be par for the course. No, it wouldn't. Okay, be. now we move to week seven, the penultimate matchup of our uh football schedule or prep schedule penultimate meaning the second to last you notice how i dropped that i know what penultimate means <laughs> 10 cent word and I, I hey maybe our listeners don't know i'm just i'm just saying i know big words guys but lincoln at lakes kind of one of those better tacoma Inner definitely city, lincoln yeah. i don't know where late i don't know if where you would lakes is inner city it's like well it's, it's like inner city is not <laughs> i think is, people i think people from lakes would consider it part of tacoma I, you know what i mean tacoma? Or i think I if think you so, ask yes. someone where lakes is they wouldn't say yeah. like lakewood or something i think they'd say tacoma. well yeah i know like if you ask someone for federal way they'd say they're from federal way but it's like you're from tacoma um in my book yeah you know like that's kind of what that's kind of where i'm at with lakes but okay a big two five three matchup here Micah, well, this is kind of similar to Pencil and Skyline, which I don't know a whole lot about these teams, but I do know that we need to stop making fun of Julian Simon for looking old because it's just—it's not very nice. Doesn't benefit society at all. Uh, he's a good kid. He's <laughs> only juniors, so you guys, I don't, yeah. you guys know what I'm yeah. talking about, right? Julian, no, I, I have no clue. Have you guys seen, about. Do you guys know who Julian Simon is? Yeah, no, I do because the Huskies—the Huskies have offered him. Yeah, they're, they're, he's like a four-star guy, and he, oh, he okay. looks like he's about thirty. I mean, Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, I'll drop a link for you, and you can kind of. Well, I relate to that. I, I too, <laughs> looked, I, except I am not a. I was not You're a four-star recruit. Kid, yeah. I did. I did look Here, very. Here's a old. link to it, and you can kind of see what he looks like. It's kind of harsh, but. Uh, Oh yeah. Okay. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's, and and sometimes he'll he'll take some crap from people online for it. But anyways, well, um. Hey. So yeah, with uh, Lincoln and uh, and Lakes, uh, Lincoln, three A team, uh, really trying to make things interesting because it's always been the East Icothic O'Day Bellevue show, and uh, teams like Lincoln, uh, Mount Spokane, Mountain View, Kamaikin, and the Tri Cities, they try and make it more of a, um, you know, at the state level, you know, uh, more balanced. But uh, I'll take uh, Lincoln over Lakes 45-31 because I really like the direction that uh, Masaki Matsumoto is taking the team right now. He's a must-follow on Twitter, really inspirational guy. And uh, Lincoln going to do big things this year. They're going to beat Lakes 45-31. 45-41, I like 31. that. 31, 45-31. 45-31, I was going to say I like 41 even better. <laughs> but 45-31, um, to 31. okay, I think that's a, that's a fairly safe pick. Now for mine... Again, week 11, Oregon State coming to Pullman. I think you got a repeat here of what it looked like WCU versus Oregon State last year where Cougs get hot super early um, and, and take a commanding lead, take a commanding, take control of the game. But like, you know, like Luke was talking about, Oregon State in this would be year two with, uh, with Jonathan Smith. There's going to be more familiarity with that offense. They're going to be doing a little bit better. I don't think they're going to score quite as in the the gimmicky fashion that they scored <laughs> against WSU. I think this Ending is going to be more and- <laughs> just just Jamar Jefferson being a fantastic running back and, and really being effective against the Cougs. But I have them winning fifty two to twenty four. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah. So I think you know Cougs still still going to put up a fifty spot on them, but it's going to be it. Oregon State will make things semi-interesting. Yeah. Now for our last game of the college schedule, this is a big one. 
we already know what Luke thinks the outcome will be, but to just how much the outcome will be is the question. Yeah. Apple Cup, Washington State, at Montlake. Mm-hmm. What's happening? So, yeah, again, m- m- like people know what I think the outcome is because I indicated that I think the Huskies only have one loss. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, I mean, last year when it felt like the story was, if not now, when, um, I think obviously at this point the Huskies have to, to guard against a, a level of arrogance going into this matchup, which they've been able to do to this point. Yeah, I agree with but that. But I think that's always The pendulum must swing back. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's yeah. going to happen mm-hmm. one day. You know yeah. I mean? And it could happen at any time. Uh, nevertheless... Um, it, it, and I guess it'll depend to see how, how this, this season of Cougar football goes. And obviously, I mean, I expect the Cougs to win between eight and 10 games because that's what they do. And they put up points. What, will they have the Minshew mania kind of thing going on with Gage Gubrud or whoever ends up being under center, uh, and that sort of momentum going in, it hasn't seemed to matter in Apple cups in the past. Um, I think the one thing that'll be interesting is uh, like how have Jackson Sermon, MJ Tafisi, uh, Brandon Wellington, like, I guess developed as the year goes on because the, mm-hmm. the biggest thing will, I mean, it was Ben Burkirvin against James Williams and Max Borgie. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, in a snowy game. That was such a big difference. The Husky secondary is obviously super talented again, going forward. I, I think the, the biggest deal, especially with an inexperienced defensive line where, where uh, whoever's under center will probably have some time to throw the ball, is will they be mm-hmm. able to bottle up Max Borgie when the ball's flipped his way, uh, like when nothing's open downfield? Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think the Cougs break 20 points for the, the first time against Coach Peterson since uh, Coach Peterson's first year. I think that it will be um, uncomfortably close uh, for a while, but again, I I think the Huskies. This is just a matchup that that, that they've uh, dominated for the past six years, and again, playing at home, I think will end up being a, a pretty ex- like a deciding factor. And then this is also probably for the North, or at least it mm-hmm. feels like it is. And for that reason, I think they, the Huskies all rise to the occasion. And I'm going to go with thirty-eight twenty-seven dogs. Thirty-eight twenty-seven. Okay. Yeah. I think that this right. one well, we- versus other Apple Cups in the past. Not l- last year, w- w- like it was weird because it was close for four quarters, but then the Huskies did also end up kneeling on the five. But yeah. I-, I do think that this is a game where the Huskies will have to be scoring the football in the fourth quarter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to my yeah. opinion. Are you sure? On you that. sure you don't want to we'll... counter that right now? Because I if, if no, you're no, no, ready no, to... no, okay, no, no, no. Fair enough. No, no, no. Enough. Let's go. Let's because we got. We also have a huge week eight matchup for the preps, and we don't want to. Well, I mean, I can still about go that. with it. I guess and if we want to end with WCU, we will, I understand we will that. get. We will get to it. We will get to it. We had nowhere to be. All right. Week eight. Union at Camus, oh, the big Vancouver matchup. Hey, right up there with Oday Eastside Catholic, right up there with Woodenville Bothell. I mean, this is this is turning yes. into a game of the atmosphere. Thousands of people are going to be there. Uh, it's Camus this year. Um, Union, they have a good quarterback, Caleb Jordan, dual threat. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be great for them this year. But they lost a lot of talent. And uh, man, I, I I'm liking what Camus is doing right now. It's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be high scoring. I got Camus winning forty two to thirty four. But I'm I'm riding the paper maker a uh, hype train. 
well-branded school, and uh, they're going to return to prominence it, it, for a long time there. You know, back in the mid uh, 2010s, early 2010s, they were the team in 4A, uh, winning a couple state championships, making a couple state title games. Canvas will get back to those winning ways. They beat Union here in a statement game. Union's always been kind of the little brother uh, in that rivalry, two new schools. And I think that uh, the But Union's power, been on top the last year. Yeah, the last couple of years. Yeah, Union yeah, led by years, Lincoln okay. Victor, who's now at Hawaii. Maybe he'll play against UW. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, just uh, before Jackson kind of takes it home, uh, you know, Cascadia Press, we do predictions. Last year I did 63 games, and I got 67% of them right. I feel like I'm a lot more knowledgeable this year. So, you know, these games that I just predicted, I am 90% certain this is what's going to happen. Uh, and, again, I don't want to hate 90%. on any team, any community, because I support the whole high school football scene. But uh, when a push comes to shove, uh, there's a couple of these games that uh, I'm on the fence about, but for the most part, uh, this is more of a spoiler than a prediction for my high school football <laughs> predictions. Okay, so what's what's the score? 42-34. 42-34. So close game, though. Yeah, yeah close high scoring as it should be. Uh, both of these teams are going to bring their A game, and definitely the fans are going to bring their A game. They're going to love this one. But uh, yeah, power is restored in the uh, in the Vancouver area. Canvas is going to be on okay. Top. Guys, it has been a long road in the gauntlet. It has been treacherous. We are almost at our end here, and this is the last analysis we will have, which will be my take here on the Apple Cup. And a lot of it, to be honest, will be similar with Luke. I I totally agree in the sense that, you know, UW has control of this this matchup, and yes, any anything could happen, but it is definitely UW guarding their, you know, their status as as Big Brother, and at Montlake, that just makes it equally more tough. Where I disagree here is that I don't think it necessarily matters as much as what WSU looks like this season. I think it matters far more what Washington looks like this season, and I think really the only way. WSU is coming out with the win here is if there is significant injury to Washington. Uh, you know, I'm talking like Trey Adams, Nick Harris, you know, Jackson Kirkland. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's still around. Yep. Are all hurt <laughs> and and you know, can't and and can't play. Like I'm talking some sort of technicality, but I don't suspect that to happen. I think it's going to be another great year for Washington which is why I have my Cougs losing 20 to 31. So we are similar in the sense that we think WCU will crack 20 points. However, I just don't think it's going to be a very different game. I feel like we like to, we keep predicting this matchup and saying it's going to be a different game or something's going to be different about this. And I completely disagree with that. I feel like even last year, it really wasn't that different. I mean, Washington was pretty much in control for most of the game. Um, and I don't think that's going to change unless WSU is willing to change something up. And, you know, the one Mike thing Leach that might be changing clear. is uh, what's up? It, it feels like the Cougs are starting to add a little more size defensively up front. Yeah. And that's where the di- that's where the difference has been that the Huskies have just been able to mm-hmm. when the rubber hits the road, just run straight forward. In kind of yeah, name their and distances. and and we'll see if that happens. But I mean, you also have to keep in mind that you know 
yes, you're adding a little more size in the interior, but you're still pretty small on the exterior. And is that one change going to be enough? I just, I, I just don't see mm. it. Yeah. But anyways, that is it for our gauntlet. Um, I hope I've done all right hosting. I, I mean, let's on air notes, guys. How, how did, well, how do we feel the, about that? What's the plan going forward? These predictions. I think we should hold ourselves accountable. Oh, we're so definitely going to Luke. I, I think UW's going to be Cal week too. Um, if that happens, uh, I just you, you you should you should just come on air and say yeah. I mean, some of my angles at that time. Well, here's off. definitely what we're gonna do. So, uh, I, I mean, if if for those who who listen continuously to our podcast can remember our one through five hot takes episode, we're gonna have that one as well. We're thinking next we, week I is so, probably yes. yes. So that's gonna be another episode filled with hot takes. Um, and which we'll be able to kind of archive those as well. So I'm thinking sometime in December, and of course we can bring these up throughout the season, but in December we're going to have a good opportunity to dig up these sound bites and really reflect on our opinions that we had before camp even started. So these are just the raw our raw intuition yeah, but and, if, and what if our heart Richland tells us. If Richland beats Chihuahua week one after I said that I think Chihuahua's going to blow him out, I'll, I'll apologize here and I'll also publicly apologize on Twitter. I'll announce that. Oh, I don't uh, think you should apologize. I think I should because... Don't apologize I, for your for your opinion. Because You were just, just I, own up to you being wrong, I think is all you got to do. But not only did they... Yeah, the point is that like I think, I think that Chihuahua's going to handily beat them. So I... Yeah. yeah that's... <laughs> and that's your opinion. You're entitled to that, but you don't have to hey, apologize well, Mike, was for wrong, thinking that. You know? No, no, not, not apologize, yeah. but it's like acknowledge. You just gotta it. own up. You just gotta own up. And to I will. It. Yeah, I will. that's what I'm saying. And like, we, I'll come yeah, out that's and what we're come with that. We are going. We will come out with these, especially um, me, because I, I really feel like I, I destroyed a lot of programs over the course of these predictions, man. I, yeah, <laughs> you did have some. Uh, you did have Murphy some opinions, guys, man. Like, yeah, they're, there are some kids, takes man. that I get. I would imagine some folks may not agree with. But anyways, that's that's it for for this week's episode. Um. You know, as always, you can find Micah's work, a ton of Micah's work right now at CascadiaPreps.com. Luke, a little bit more quiet, but I'm sure we'll be seeing something from Luke in the future at Dogman.com. Most certainly. And me, yes. And then, uh, you know, as camp starts here at the beginning of August, you'll see a ton of stuff from me right on CougFan.com. So that is it. We will be getting out of here next episode. Oh, goodness. Next episode, that's... What would that be? That hopefully would be next Tuesday. I want to get the predictions next, episode next up. Tuesday. But that yeah. would be I, that would be ideal. Next Tuesday, which would be July thirtieth. So count count on it. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. We're signing off.